Welcome to Hometown Heroes. Well, we have a special guest coming on, Cami Red. And but before we do that, one of our regular listeners had a family tragedy this weekend. And so we want to offer our condolences and our prayers out to Diane and everything she's going through. And just remember, we're always there if she needs to talk. Now, our special guest, before we bring her on, she is a, an author, and she is an entrepreneur, and she is a phenomenal woman who is trying to, one, bring in and bring back agriculture and make us control back to our food sources again. But she is also helping the youth and helping fix the foster care system at the same time. Welcome, Cami. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for that introduction, and thank you for having me on your show today. It is a pleasure. Let's start out by the beginning. What got you into doing what you're doing? So let me start at the beginning. Um, I am a chef first. Um, I've been a chef for over 20-something years. Um, uh, Probably about nine years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I've been in remission now for about eight years. And during that journey, I became a nutritionist. That also gave me uh, the ability to really go out there and see, learn about our food sources and learn about what it is that we eat and the importance of the food that you put into your body. So let's fast forward to COVID. Um, We're all on lockdown Um, One of the things that stopped my business was the fact that the mail stopped. So we tried to, like many other businesses, devise a plan that would, you know, if something like this should happen again, how would we be able to, you know, subsidize our business and still be able to assist our clients and our um, patients? 
So we decided that moving to Texas was a good idea. We were going to open a farm here anyway. But upon me moving to Texas, I got a job working for a nonprofit in a very small county in northeast Texas. Um, that's where I was really introduced to the foster care system and where I became a CASA volunteer as well. So I learned a lot about, you know, homeless kids in the school system, you know, how we could assist, how programs, there are not that many resources and programs in rural America for homeless kids or homeless individuals at that. So working for a nonprofit, becoming a volunteer, it was something that really touched my heart. And then learning that during COVID here in Texas, but not only here in Texas, in other states as well, the older kids were being housed in CPS buildings. They were being housed in unlicensed facilities like extended stay hotels and things of that nature. And that really hit me hard. So I signed up online. Um, to learn about being a foster care parent. And um, upon taking my first orientation class, I got some really, really startling information. And I'm not going to expose it because they put those classes behind confidentiality for a reason, um, but it, it really touched me in a way that made me want to do something. The reason why is I am raising little boys. I've raised little boys. My son is 24 years old. My nephews are 15, I mean 16 and 7. So we are raising little boys out here in the world. And one of the things that we moved to Texas for, again, was to start a farm. So my goal was to acquire uh, over 100 acres of land, um, build a foster care facility and school, and go out here and create little farmers and help regain control of our food system so we know that everything that we're eating comes from the land. And teach kids about responsibility, sustainability, um, teaching them about nutrition, giving them a sense of pride in themselves by watching, you know, something that they planted grow or raising an animal, um, learning different trades by working on a ranch. So, you know, they can learn anything from um, cattle to um, horses to meat manufacturing to dairy processing. All of those things and all of those programs will be available on our at our facility. And we will be housing up to 20 boys between the ages of 11 to 24. Um, as kids age out of the foster care system, one of the things that we also learned is that majority of them actually end up homeless or end up in prison. So we want to prevent that. So we we have also devised a vocational program for young men between the ages of 19 to 24. So as they age out of the foster care system, they can still stay on our ranch and enroll in our vocational program so they learn all of the trades in agriculture. And the, the one thing I love about your story is you were cooked first. A nutritionist second. A lot of our people that train for nutrition really can't cook. 
Yeah, that was the thing. And I'm Southern. So I really, like, for me, it, especially having breast cancer, um, experiencing things like that, you think about what you put in your body. So it was like, okay, I don't want to lose, you know, my Southern food, like fried chicken and banana pudding and macaroni and cheese. Some of those, those are some of my favorite things. But I had to look at our food system, look at where our food is coming from, look at what causes these cancers inside of our body. And I had to learn new ways of making those dishes so that I could still enjoy them, but they also be beneficial to me and not harmful to me. Ma'am, what you're saying, Mary, this country? Hi, country. Ma'am, I can definitely relate to what you're saying because they call me country boy. My mom fought us breast cancer for 17 years. And when she first got diagnosed, they told her it was in the lip noise in her breast, et cetera, et cetera. And she made a kind of joke to me. She said, well, I ain't used these titties in 47 years. All y'all grown now. <laughs> so I'm going to let you have one. But after that, y'all ain't cutting nothing else off. So my mom decided that she wasn't going to take chemo. She knew that her secret after her doctor used to invite her in after going so many months. And they said, well, Miss Dorsey is gone. We got it all. We got it all. So every month when my mom went to the doctor, she didn't really go to the doctor for her. The doctor took her around to about 15 to 18 other rooms of people that he was treating for cancer and let my mom give them therapeutic talk. And she started making jokes like, okay, instead of me paying you when I come, I'm going to have to start charging you for uh, cancer therapy going on over here. But make a long story short, ma'am, not stealing the highlight. My mom says her secret was not pleading naive anymore. Forgive them, Father, because they know not. She says, I learned out what, number one, find out what your blood type is. Because Mm -hmm. there's certain things that certain blood types just don't agree with. And then two, and I'll stop. My mom said her secret to longevity after fighting it off for 17 years was something called moderation. She explained yep. to me that too much of anything good ain't good for you. She said, baby, I have a little salt. I have a little sugar. I drink a little wine. I drink a little liquor. I drink a little water. <laughs> so that's what my mom was. So, ma'am, I thank you for sharing because I can definitely relate. And I'll I'll talk to you about children menu and Mary will have us another conversation about man and children because I have a 287 acre ranch to where we steal them away. Back to you, ma'am. Thank you. Um, I have a similar story to your mom. I did the research as well. My doctor actually wrote my um, reference letter for me to go to school for nutrition because I had done so much research on what food could do for your body and what, you know, the healing powers of what we put in our body and how to eat to heal your body that I started questioning my doctor on, you know, the things that they were actually giving me because I did decide to do chemo, but I got to choose which medicines they actually gave me and which ones they didn't give me. 
So I understand completely what your mother is saying and what she means. Um, she is 100% correct. Um, learn your blood type. That's for anybody when it comes to health. And she's right. Um, as a nutritionist, one of the things that I always teach my clients is it's moderation with everything. You can eat too much broccoli and it will make you sick. So it's not about having a lot of this and a lot of that. It's about eating balance and having a well-balanced meal and knowing which items are good for you and which items provide um, nutrition for you and which items are actually causing um, a different type of reaction or a chemical type of reaction inside of your body. And one of the first things that my mom told everybody, look, baby, you know, everybody's not going to be a vegan. You know, <laughs> some people have never even had beef liver. My mom loved liver. My mom don't like kale. She likes collard greens and turnip greens and mustard <laughs> greens. So she decided, again, you look at those types of things. As a matter of fact, I took my cousin to his doctor for an evaluation about three weeks ago. He was born with rheumatic fever, and for the last 40 years, they've had him on like 12 to 14 meds a day that he takes. One oh, no, to make him sleepy. Yeah, change right. some of the stuff that he eat. They need to take dairy out of his diet, probably. Um, just certain things like that. Just little tweaks to your diet can actually change your life. Guess guess what happened, ma'am? I was in. My sister says, "Well, now he's not up on all that stuff." And you know how they use those medical terms. I can't even say them, much less. I know my cousin can't pronounce them. What is that? One to make me sleepy. One to get me up. One to, to, to for my mood swings, one for this, and I'm saying, whoa, 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 slow down, doc. The guy, the, when we first went in there, they said, well, Mr. Dorsey, y'all have to understand, I'm not downplaying doctors. Everybody's good for what they do. You know what I'm saying? Morphine was a good thing when morphine mm -hmm. is needed. But when I said, I said, doctor, can I ask you a question? I had more than one. I just asked him if he opened the door for a question. I said, that medicine that you're giving him to make him sleep, is there something in a nut or food or veggie that you could give him instead of the medicine? He voided, jumped it, hurdled it, ran around it. He hid from that question. Mm -hmm. And then about two minutes later, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You gave him that one to make him sleep. You're giving this one to make him get up. What are you diagnosing for that, caffeine? <laughs> Well, see, let me explain. Once you start taking those medicines, it's a never-ending thing because you got to think about this. We are, do you? We all watch TV now, not even on TV, even on your phones, on social media, on YouTube, on all those channels. You see those um, commercials for medications. One of the things I always pay attention to on those commercials are the side effects that they read at the end of the commercial. So here's what's happening when you go to the doctor. You're going to the doctor. The doctor is prescribing a blood pressure medicine. That blood pressure medicine is affecting your kidneys, so you end up also taking a medication for your kidneys. That medication for your kidneys keeps you up at night, so now you have to take a medication to help you sleep. That medication that helps you sleep makes you sleep for 12 hours, and you really only need to sleep for six. So you need to take a medication that's going to wake you up as well. So it's a repeated cycle of ongoing ongoing prescription. Yes, ma'am. And, and the doctor says, well, Leonard, uh, have you had a seizure lately? And he says, no, I haven't had a seizure since back 
November. Well, he said, well, how are you looking on your meds? He said, well, I still got a bottle, about a bottle and a half, enough to last me for another month or two. Until, oh, no, we're going to write you another prescription. We don't want you to run out of those. That's to help pay his ticket to Hawaii. Again, I'm so not downing doctors. Me, My sister I'll be was, honest with you. You're absolutely right. Most of the time, and I hate to say this, and I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but a lot of times <laughs> doctors are paid by, you know, pharmaceutical reps. They do gain, you know, different types of perks for prescribing various medications. So. And it just happens to be that one of the perks that they give you by writing X amount of prescriptions on the special pharmaceutical drug is we'll give you a trip to Hawaii this year. Thank you for writing those. It might have been a quota of 14 prescriptions that need to write for the year, just like the super trooper has to write so many speeding tickets. So if they come in there and come in your office and they have this, 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 and this, the lady that interviewed him, I know they paid her too. She says, well, Mr. Dorsey, uh, how much do you weigh? He said, well, the last time I came in here, I weighed 218 pounds, and the doctor told me I need to lose about 10 pounds. She says, well, how much do you weigh now? He says, I don't know. That's what I weighed the last time. She says, okay, we'll just put that down for now. And then my <laughs> cousin, who's not really bright, says, is that a digital scale right there? She says, yeah. He says, do you mind if I step up on it? I'm thinking, wow. She came in here to take his blood test and to find out his weight and ask him a few questions, and she didn't even want to weigh him. She would rather him guess at it. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I'm really loving doctors. I love you guys. I really do. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dr. Doolittle, Dr. Seuss. Dr. Ruth, Dr. Phil, Dr. Dre, they're not doctors. The name. I'd like to introduce the president of the Hope Collection. This is Peyton, how are you today? Well, we're doing great, thank you, and I'm really excited about this program that you scheduled. Tammy, it's a pleasure to meet you. As Mary said, my name is Ron Clayton. I'm the president of the Board of the Hope Collection. We're an organization. I don't know how much you have had chats with um, Mary, but if you know Country Boy, then you've heard of us because the Hope Collection is the, uh, let's say, we're the platform and the 501c3 nonprofit that we've been uh, spreading hope for lunch for several years. This show is an outreach and a methodology we use to reach people. I am most excited. Excuse me. <clears throat> I, I gotta get a little, my wife's going to get me something to drink here because I can't get to the kitchen fast enough. <clears throat> my throat's drying up here. But um, going back to what I was saying, what we're about is actually reaching out now. Can I finish? We're about reaching out to people and making the connection to deliver exactly what you're doing, Tammy. And what I'm excited about, I, Mary had shared a little bit about you, and I'm really, really pleased to meet you. I look forward to talking to you off the show and some more. Um, excuse me, just one minute. i got to take a little swig here. Now maybe I can talk. <clears throat> Anyways, um, Tammy, 
what you're doing is not is unique because the basis, the foundation that you're operating off of. And um, I just want to say that I'm just really excited that that again you. Did we lose you? I'm here. We must have just lost Ron for a minute there. Um, before he okay. comes back, <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about your book. So my book is called Unveiling the Tangled Path, um, Black Lives in Broken Systems. And it's an uh, uh, analytical comparison of black boys in the foster care system and black men in the prison system. Um, a little bit of background about this book. The reason why I wrote the book is because, I, as I stated, I did a lot of research when um, finding out about being a foster care parent. And what I found out was there was an extremely large number of African-American and Hispanic boys in the foster care system. Um, and I, I started to do the correlation between the older kids and, you know, just how they are handled when they age out of the system and what support systems they have and how most of the time the foster care system leads to the prison system for most of these people. Um, most of these boys end up committing crimes or being in situations that put them um, with other people that commit crimes because they don't have a real support system. Um, and I didn't do this from an unbiased standpoint. I actually went and utilized a lot of statistical information. Um, I wanted to make sure that this didn't come across as race baiting or anything like that, but I actually wanted to show the true statistics of what happens um, with um, black boys and Hispanic boys in the foster care system and how it's very parallel and how it's very um, – how that leads most of the time to them ending up in the prison system. Excuse me, Tammy? Yes. And everybody, I'm sorry. I don't know if you were interrupted. I bought a brand-new um, grill on Memorial Day for a big picnic for Mary and the Cub Scouts from, from Medford. And uh, they're from Home Depot, and they would just call me. And uh, to get a special deal, I had to open up a credit card for them. I didn't. I haven't even used it, and they're calling me to that. I just wanted to know that. I don't even. I don't know if you could hear me, but I'm I'm embarrassed because it interrupted um, the call, and I could, I was talking with you, and the uh, and I couldn't get rid of it. <laughs> so I apologize. It's I don't know if it, if nothing came okay. through that. Listen, it's okay. We are, you know, with technology, everything and everything happens. So I understand. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, I was getting back to the, what I was, I was trying to get to. Um, one thing is I'm hoping Mary is uh, Kim Wilkins, is the queen on the show today? She is area code 716258. Nope, nope, she's not on the show. Okay, well, she, we'll get back to Tammy. What I'm excited about is what you've got is you've developed the program. And uh, everything I know about what you've done is the type of program is exactly the kind of program the whole collection likes to partner with. Now, I will share with you, when I say those terms, a lot of people misunderstand. The whole collection, we can help get connections for getting some funding. 
we can find some areas that if you need building projects and things like that, there's ways that we can be involved in that. But we're not an organization that writes checks. What we are is we make the connections to help you solve these kind of issues. Now, going forward, I know we have the scale I just mentioned. Her name is Kim. Her nickname, and she goes by Queen. She lives in my neighborhood, and uh, she does exactly what you're saying, except she doesn't have – she's working to set up and establish what you're doing in the city of Buffalo. So I wanted her. I was hoping that she might have had an appointment, but I was hoping that she would be able to be here, meet you, and so we can forward and go from just today, get an introduction and talking about what you're doing. And I, I want to make sure we stay focused today not on the treatments that you're doing to solve the problems for the kids or people. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we probably talk about that on those shows. But I really want to emphasize what you're doing because it's so important, and we need to get – would you agree we need these and what you're doing in every city? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, as yeah. I was, when, yeah, at one point Mary and I were talking, and you can always get my information from Mary. Um, she'll have my contact information, and she'll tell you how to get in touch with me um, for off the show. But what we were talking about is I am not the only organization out here doing this. If you Google um, ranches for foster kids, it will give you a list of organizations um, out here in the United States that are doing some very similar things. It's just needed more. We need to emphasize it more. We need to focus on it more. Um, we need to put more funding into these types of programs. We need to pay more attention to the national foster care system as well. Because, again, this is, I'm in Texas, so this isn't just happening here in Texas. I'm from Georgia. I know for a fact that it's happening in Georgia. I read an article about something very similar that happened in Ohio. I know also that it has happened in Florida as well. So these are things that we have to pay attention to on a national level. Um, these are things that we have to bring funding. I mean, bring to the attention. Um, this is an. Uh, uh, is we have we're at a presidential election year. These people are running for um, election. These are things that we have to make them pay attention to as well. This both affects our future of our kids and the future of our food system. So these are two very important things. So it, for me, they go hand in hand. And it's just about bringing more attention to um, the organizations that are already out here doing it, bringing more attention to the national foster care system, and also bringing more attention and funding to each state um, foster care system. Without question, I com I'm completely endorse what you're saying, concur with you, and that's why we're excited to have you on the show today because as many as these other operations are in place, they're so busy doing what they're doing, they don't always have the time or the money, or a person who has is gifted and talented and been blessed as much as you have that can come on the show like this and that we can utilize it. We're just saying to you, and I've already talked with Mary about it now that I've met you, and I sense your spirit so I'm able to understand. And as the president of the board of the Hope Collection, we're always looking for ways that we can connect organizations so that we can be a platform. And we operate, you know, today you're on what's called the Blog Talk Radio Show. 
And we've been operating over 10 years doing these shows. We call it Serving Hope for Lunch. And we have special days like today where we recognize hometown heroes, which obviously you are. So with that in mind, what we want to do is, as we discuss and learn more about each other, we'll reach a point here, I think, probably pretty quick, where what we can do is bring you on, I'll call you, bring you on board as a vetted, certified program that we would support and endorse. And what we do is put you right on our website and help get you exposed to more, give you more exposure for what you're doing so you can accomplish more of what you're doing. Oh, so that that's would be so cool. I would, yeah, I would totally appreciate that. Thank you even for that opportunity. Cammie. Well, that's, that's, that's how the whole collection has stayed alive, stayed on board, and been, been meaningful. I will tell you this, Country Boy, do you know Country Boy? I just met him today. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you get to know him. He's a one of a kind. He's on our board, and he has been influential. I've known him for a number of years. And for a number of years, we talked to each other through another blog radio show, um, which we'll talk about another time. But I got to know Country Boy for about, I don't know, three years as a Country Boy. We we were talking and sharing good message, good word, everything. And um, finally, the opportunity to meet him, I was going to be in Atlanta. Oh, I don't know how many years ago it is now, but yeah, we made a point that we were going to meet. And um, through a mutual friend and a mutual business partner that we have, we were able to be there for a conference, and I met Country Boy. And I'll tell you, we're in a room, I don't know, about four or 500 people packed. And um, we're going to, that's where, you know, we kind of going to look for each other. And uh, I, I saw this hat, a big, like, 10-gallon hat running around like in Texas. I saw that going through the room. Just so I could just see the hat because the crowd was just thick. And all of a sudden, this giant of a man came up to me. And through, we threw arms around each other and we met. And what we did that day is not only did we meet and share our spirit together that we have a common life cause, but we got to realize that we can and have to multiply what we're doing to be effective. Having the message is great. Having someone who's doing the work is greater. But what's greater than that is the people that can spread it, you know? The man in the book I read, he said, go out to the four corners and don't stop. Don't just go where people are healthy. Go where there's a problem. Country boy, I can preach too. <laughs> let, me, let me explain to a lot of people that's maybe not been behind the scenes where the real problem is behind the scenes. Number one, we call it bullying. And a lot of people think that kids bullied are less than the the kids that's being bullied. But what happens in the process is the people that do the bullying feel insufficient about themselves, so they really do it to gain attention for themselves. Our after-school program, when we was coming up, Ron, if you kept pulling Cammie's hair, they take away your recess. They, at home, they might say, you're not getting no dessert tonight, country. You was mean to your sister. Then they have something called isolation. Mary and I was talking about it. They kind of set them in a corner. 
in a chair, one of the things they do is, number one, they isolate you. And it is not good for man slash woman to be alone. We're equal in essence. We're just different in function. Here comes problem number two. Most of these people have no clue on their divine creator. You call him Krishna. You're a Catholic. I'm a Baptist. Does a Buddha. Doesn't matter. These kids have no spiritual foundation at all. So what we're going to do at Atlanta Children, we're going to build a chapel, not with Coca-Cola's money. Oh, I'm sorry. Not with Pepsi's money. No, we don't put our money behind religion. That's problem number one. Problem number two is Afro-American, Latino, zoop, zoop, zoop. He didn't score no 4.0. You want us to put our money on some children that's been chosen to fail? I don't think so. There's problem number three. I'll stop right there, Cammie, because I know you know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny that you said that because a part of our program is I actually went and researched, and we do have a spiritual part of our program as well, and I, I created an inclusive spiritual space because I realized that all of the kids that we get come from different backgrounds and different nationalities and different cultures. They span from all across the world because that's what happened. Um, that's what America is. That's what the United States is. It's just a, a, a mixed culture bowl of everything. So we created a spiritual program within our organization um, that actually focuses on the top 10 spiritualities, I mean, religions in the world. And we brought them all together. We read a lot of books. We looked for um, sacred texts that were of like in all of these um, texts. And we created something where we feel like we are inclusive to whatever child comes to our space. So we don't ever want any child to feel like they can't practice their beliefs, they can't be who they are truly supposed to be. We don't want to bully them into anything, but we do want every child to focus on a, a aspect of spirituality in their lives. Terrific. But Ron, we don't have to look back. Ron, you remember when you was in school, they said, Mary, Ron, Cammy, Cheetah, Butter, all you guys, we need to stand up. I mm -hmm. pledge allegiance. We just passed the 4th of July to the flag, one nation under Buddha. I mean, under God. I mean, under Krishna. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, we're going to take God out of the school system. We can't have religion in the school. That would be ungodly. Grandmama says, baby, they can't intercept a prayer. It's invisible. You can don't even have to say nothing. So, Ron, again, we now you said 10. Do you know how many? There's only about mm, 12,000 different yeah, divisions of the Muslim, of the Muslim, Muslim faith, which is the largest mm -hmm. denomination in the world. Here's my little point, and I'm going to stop again. All announcement, I'm going to tell you all a secret. If you promise to tell everybody that you know, all religions are good religions. When he said it was good, saw it was good, and it was good, mm -hmm. it's good. It's of him. If it's not Cut good, it's not of him. Cut Last part, Ron. 
when religions, all religions are good religions, but it's the people inside of the religions that makes the religions look bad. I beg your pardon, Ron. to do this today. We're not here to discuss the values of different faiths and religions. That's not what we're here for today. And you're making me do this, country boy. I don't want to do it. But we're here. The topic of today's show is Tammy's program for helping children and the program she's developed. Our of the program is to stay focused on how she's going to share with all the members of the Hope Collection, all the people who would like to be part of the Hope Collection, and how we can walk down the road better. Not that what you're talking about is an important, absolute, critical thing. It is. But that's not the focus of the show. And so if we take time to talk about that for any length, we're losing our power to make a difference. And I mean, I made me say that today, and I really didn't want to have that discussion on the phone, but you made me do it. Tammy, I want to get back to what we're talking about. Not that what Country Boy, what he said is absolutely, I concur with him. There's no issue in any way, shape, or form. What we're trying to do is how to see the details of what's different about what you do so that we can make sure we, number one, can implement when we decide to do it and implement what we can. Now, every community is going to be different. Every group, but mostly, you know, we had some kids over the house, so little kids. My wife and I, we weren't blessed to have children, but we have friends and people who do. And we love kids. We love them being around us. We like them. Whenever they come to our house, I go out and go to the store and buy some of those big soft balls. The kids like to play around, throw around at each other, and they don't hurt each other. And they have fun. My wife went and got a cornhole game so we can play games. We want to do things for people. We want to show them that you can be an outward-going person and touch lives. And how you do that is you be an example. Tammy, what you're doing is what the kids don't have a structure. The one thing that I agree with what Country Boy was just saying, it's the one thing that's out of every, I don't care what realm of of society you're talking about. Number one, there used to be consequences. When you did something that wasn't right, there were consequences. That has been completely neutralized by a bunch of godless people. So there's two issues within the same issue. So what happens is when you do give out judgment, it's considered a personal threat to what that person is. We're not talking about that. We're not going to go there again. I hate to slide off that way. What we're trying to do is show how we can make it better, find a place for the kids where they can get a meal. I bet you an important thing. You know, I remember when the story when Christ was on the side of the mountain, they had 5,000 people out there. We know there were 5,000 men. Who knows how many women and kids? But the, the disciples came to him, and they're wringing their hands, and they're all upset. What are we going to do? They're hungry. And Christ said, feed them. Feed them. So we know we have a bunch of people out there that are physically starving, spiritually starving, socially starving. I would bet, then you started describing it, Tammy, you want to go back to it, what you're doing is fulfilling those needs what these boys are working with. Am I right? You're absolutely right. It's doing it on so many um, levels. Not only are we feeding them um, physically and homing them, but we are also feeding them mentally, 
um, feeding them um, emotionally as well. And we're also giving them the ability to feed themselves. So we all know the famous um, saying, you can teach a man to fit, you can teach, you can either, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Or you can teach a man to fish, or you, you can feed a man for a day, or you can teach him to fish so he can feed himself for life. So our, our goal no, is to that teach was people a how to farm. Cause that they do. This is like, I don't know. I just learn so much different stuff every time I get on the call. I'm gonna send you the number though. Okay. It's something new every time, as far as business, health, wealth, making your own bank account, selling, buying gold and silver. It's so I learned. I think that was Victoria talking to us, and she doesn't know that she's her mic is alive. It's okay. No, but what I was saying was we're we're teaching kids not only how to. I mean, we're 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 feeding them, but we're teaching them how to feed themselves. We're teaching them how to farm, how to grow food, um, how to raise animals. Something that they can take with them for the rest of their lives. Phenomenal. That's that's exactly what we're talking about. And you, when you see groups of young kids, I'll just do the word kids. I don't want to label them. Standing on the corner, you know, usually it's about 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock or later, and they're just hanging out. And, you know, it's a corner it's a corner delicatessen. And if they're not going in and taking turns going in to see which one can pick up something off the shelf, watching the other one so that the store owner doesn't know what's going on, or they think he doesn't know what's going on, or they're doing something out front that they probably shouldn't be doing either. But they got a place. They don't have any place to hang out. And that's now, what that I was going to say. We have to change the perspective on how we look at that. If you see teenagers in front of a gas station at 10 o'clock at night, most likely they don't have a safe space to go to. So they're doing, and we look at it as crime and people hanging out and this, that, and the third, but what we don't realize is the other side of that. They're doing what they have to do to survive sometimes. Some of these kids right. are put out of foster care, out of the foster care system at 18. Some of these children are living in the foster care system, but they're living in homes where they're still being abused. So when you see situations like that, you totally have to change your perspective. And just sometimes in your heart, you know that they're doing wrong and probably everything about the situation is wrong. But you have to ask yourself, why are they here? Why are they out here this time of night? It can't be because they want to be, because nobody really wants to do anything like that. But at the same time, we all... We all usually end up doing what we have to do to survive. And it's funny you used to say that because every single time that I drive up on a corner and I see I'm a veteran, I work for food, homeless, my brain goes into shutdown and tries to figure out what are they doing on the corner with a sign. It disturbs me more than children hanging out at a gas station that we, America, saw our veterans go fight for our rights and come home and stand on the corner and we drive by them in our Mercedes and act like we don't even see them, like they're invisible. That's not right. Country Boy and Tammy, first thing I know you know, Country Boy, 
you you did not hear what I was saying, Tammy. If you and as you get to know me, you'll know. I don't go by the corner seeing a bunch of kids and think they're doing a bunch of crime. I don't believe that. I believe what you just said. They don't got a place to go. Well, where they got to go isn't healthy for them, or they're social. They're kids. They want to hang out. They, if they don't have all the, some of them have the TVs and the, all the games and all the apps. But many of them got TV, but they got a place of wire going up against the wall for an antenna because they don't have the money to pay eighty, a hundred bucks for cable. You know, the family is challenged. So what we're talking about is making an improvement in lives, and you're doing it one child at a time, and that's why we need lots of locations and operations, Tammy. That's what I was talking about earlier. Absolutely. We have to. We need more of them so we don't have to have the kids on the corner. The kids are going to get in the corner. I don't care. If I have kids, they want to be around other kids. They don't want to be around me. I'm an old guy. So they want to be around kids that are fun and have fun and talk and tease each other. I, I, I don't remember over the weekend we were someplace and there were a couple of girls and a couple of boys and they were going back. And, oh, is that a store even? And uh, the girls were, you know, what the girls were doing was teasing the boys, and the boys were turning around, and they were doing that right back. Because they're 10-year-old boys and girls. What are they going to do if unsupervised? It isn't what you necessarily want to see, but you know what? I teased them. I said, you know what, girls, you're teasing the guys. And guys, you know what you're doing? You're asking for trouble. Because you, right, you get the right girl, she's going to slap you in the face for what you're trying to do. <laughs> I stopped and talked to kids. I'm the guy that when the teenagers walk through the door, I open the women or I don't care, I open the door for them. And they all say thank you. It's like it's something special. I don't want it to be special. I want it to be so ordinary that every time they go through a door, a gentleman opens the door for them. I don't care if he's 10 years old or 100 years old. Well, I just tell the girls, if the guy you got doesn't open the door for you, dump him. Get rid of him. See, someone has to share the story. And country boy, that's our job. Our job is to continue to share the story and then utilize programs like Tammy is developing and find a way that we can partner to expand the impact and the reach. Mary's daughter, Ariana, formed a program with uh, one of our leaders and founders of the Golden Rule Society, Captain Len Kane, the original Top Gun. She founded a program. She, she watched Len Kane create the Kindness Club, Kindness Campaign. She came home from school and said, why can't we have a kindness club in school? And now there's developed a whole program called the Kindness Club for kids. Really need it for adults. Well, anyways, by setting this example, this thing is going viral. There are all kinds of organizations, churches, schools. Yeah, we, is it, you know, there isn't just problems in public schools. Christian schools have problems, too. You know what it is? They don't have supervision like they used to. There's more so in a Christian or a Catholic school or a charter school because they have consequences. The public school has, when they took God out, they took consequences out. See, if you have God in the picture, in the window, in the room, then there is an answer for what you do or don't do. When you take that out, chaos and anarchy exists. You look at the largest cities in America that have the most problems, they got the most anarchy, they got the most burning, they got the most people dying and killing each other. They are the most godless represented organizations anywhere in the world. And the answer is, 
And I don't apologize. The stand we take. We are a faith-based organization, so we support faith-based organizations to be able to make the message and make the issue live. Tammy, I'm just so proud that you're here today. Look forward to having more opportunities to explore and, and find out how we can initiate and then intentionally. See, we accomplish things in our lives by being intentional. It ain't an accident that you're here today. It's not an accident that you've gone through what you did through whatever years. I know you're a young lady, but you got lots of wisdom in that young lady part of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Mary, I'll turn it back to you. Miss Mary, I'm Mary, turning the call back to you. Right, country boy. While he was talking, I was thinking of a song that a friend of mine wrote, Marvin Winans, 40-something years ago. The name of the song was, Who's Going to Tell Them That Jesus Loves Them? Who's Going to Tell Them That There's a Better Way? Who's Going to Warn Them Of the Harm Coming On Them And That God Can Turn Their Night Today? Who's going to tell them if we don't tell them, you guys? We already talked about kindness. Lauren loves it when I say we don't really care whether you graduated from Harvard or Yale or just got out of jail. But we got to save the ones that are headed for jail. Who are those people? Some of them are our children. Now, why should we all be concerned about this? Because we're about our, our, our father's business. Thing. Our father loves all the little children. So if the children are a hope for our future, are we still going to stand idly by and act like everything is going to be Okay, one more now. Dr. King, I live from the great city of Atlanta, Georgia, country boy, straight out of the northeast Georgia woods, just a little old country boy that still believes in good and blesses people the same way that the divine creator would. Dr. King says, and I quote, country boy, I've been around the world more than one time, and I've been seen all different types of cults, all different types of evil. Oh, I forgot to tell y'all, you can't have one without the other. Although we love the sunshine, we still got to accept some rain. We love to be good people, but your attitude and your degree ain't going to get you no box seat in heaven. He says, the country boy, the only thing that I've ever seen worse than all the cults in the world is them so-called religious people that ain't never been nowhere, ain't going nowhere, don't want you to go nowhere, and they stand idly by and watch bad things happen, and they don't only know where they not say nothing, they won't do nothing. Here's the last one, Mary. Joel Griffin told me it was okay if I call you guys super friends, but we've been able to be able to take the best of the best from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and we allow every single person to love their very, very, very best. Oh, I forgot to tell you, anything less than that is absolutely unacceptable. But down here in the south, in closing, we say, there ain't nobody can do what you do like you do when you do what you do, and we feel honored and privileged just to be able to do anything with you. 
Why? Because we care. We care enough to share enough information with you so that you'll know. We want the people to know so that they need to know in order to be able to grow. So I'm going to stop right there, Cam, and my heart is turning somersaults in my chest right now because I know that you're (laughs) one of them superpowers that God has sent for us to change the world one life at a time. My mama says in closing one more time, country, you can't save the whole world. Why? Because he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world. You know what, country boy, thank you so much. But I also want to tell you, when we get off this show, make sure you link up with me. The reason why is I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, too, born and raised in Atlanta. <laughs> what you mean when we get off the show? We already done linked up nationally. We just let these people listening in hear what we've been ready to do. Come on, so I'm bringing some Kool-Aid with me. I'm going to put them on white crack. <laughs> But no, I will give it back to Mary. You guys, thank you so much for having me on your show today. I feel so privileged and so honored. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, it's an honor to have you on today. And Mary, how many minutes we got left? Mary. Yeah. How many minutes? I got, I got 40 seconds to give y'all a little quick commercial. Now, please understand, my grandmama told me that love is the greatest gift. Did y'all hear that word? Gift. You didn't do nothing to learn it. You didn't do nothing to earn it. To each one of us, a measure has been given of this thing called love. By the way, he says to remind them, country boy, I am that I am that I am. I am love. Did y'all hear me say just a minute ago that we're about our father's business? Yeah, you can call me by a thousand names, and that won't be enough. So, again, we have no hidden agenda on here who we serve, the king of kings and the lord of lords. But my grandmama told me to tell y'all that love is not love until one gives it away. So if you want to experience some love today, then you start by going out and giving, giving, giving some love away. I was telling the kids to practice. Now I'm telling you old people to practice it too. Keep in mind, practice doesn't mean you get perfect. Practice means you only get better and better and better at whatever it is that you do. Here's the twist. Don't miss it. Do unto others before, before, I said before they do unto you. Yeah, because when you give some love, some hope, 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 and kindness away, eventually it will come right back to you, even if it does not come from the person that you originally gave it to. And I hear the kids singing in the background, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, is the only thing. So am I allowed to talk now? Go ahead, Mary. Thank you. So I want to thank Cammy for coming on, and I can't wait to connect with her more to figure out ways on how we can help expand what she's doing and bring awareness to what she's doing. As we're almost out of time for today, join us tomorrow, Travel Tuesday with Rick Reese. <laughs> and the-
help question. Bob Slayton is how you can use travel to live a better life, not only financially, but emotionally and physically. And by that I mean, you know, a lot of times when you take trips, how often do you actually just live in your hotel room? You're out walking, you're seeing sights, so there's lots of benefits to travel. And join us on Wednesday at the same time, we have a special guest on, and she is a business expert when it comes to trusts and other ways to help you save money when it comes to paying your business taxes. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you back here tomorrow at noon Eastern. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media at Optimize My Life for updates, additional resources, and to stay connected with our community. Join us back here tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another enriching episode as we continue our journey towards a more fulfilling and optimized life. Until then, take care, and remember to make each day count.